0: Hello and welcome to Roll for Refinement, Fate's favorite podcast. What's going to happen next? We'll let the dice decide. And welcome, welcome back to Roll for Refinement, the podcast where we do not know what we're talking about and instead let fate decide. We we probably don't know what we're talking about anyways.
1: We don't, Um, but we are part of the SoBros network. That's one thing we do know. Yeah. I'm Casey, the adjunct GM. I am Sean James.
0: And we're here to see what we're going to do today. I've switched up drinks from this last time. Last time we had the Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola, which Sean is still rocking. This time I'm going rum and coke.
1: Always a good choice. Always. Well, what kind of rum are you going with here?
0: Uh, I have a Plantation uh, OFTD, Ooh. which is like an overproof Jamaican rum. Highly recommend. Very good. Hopefully we'll get to talk about cocktails soon and I can tell you all about why I like Plantation Rum. Got a couple pieces of news to share before we start. Things I think you'll find interesting, Sean. I was just looking on my news feed. Are you familiar with the Gala, Lord of the Rings Gollum game coming out soon? Yes. Uh, so apparently uh, publisher Datalik has announced that they will be releasing DLC immediately, which has the game fully in Tolkien's Elvish of Sindarin. But you'll have to pay for that DLC because in order to find enough voice actors who can pronounce everything and who are trained to speak in Tolkien's Elvish, it's going to be a lot of money.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I can only imagine. But that's pretty cool. Game looks uh, promising. I don't know if I will get it uh, day one, but yeah, I am I'm, intrigued.
0: I'm looking at a shot from the game now and Gollum with hair. It's a choice. It it A choice is what it is. And the other thing I'm seeing, we were talking about talking about Funkos sometime in the near future. Apparently, Amazon has an overstock website that is currently full of Funkos at about 70% off. So, uh, might have to tune into that later. A lot of the Star Wars ones are on there. (laughs)
1: But what we're really here for is in to episode roll. two is to roll. Like we yeah. roll in every episode, not just this specific episode. Yeah. Sean,
0: you gonna roll again?
1: Yes. What what die we got here? Uh, I got
0: a glitter die I got from a local seller. Uh, so basically the inside of it has a little hollow sphere full of uh, water and uh, luster dust so that it looks like it's swirling inside like a like a crystal ball all the time.
1: But- We're going to get on with the show and roll here and see what we get. But this one is Star Wars Jedi Survivor and the new movie announcements related to Star Wars here.
0: I loved Fallen Order and I'm so excited for Survivor.
1: Fallen Order was a very good um, single player story driven game that Star Wars desperately needed. Is it technically considered a Souls-like game?
0: I think of it as one. It's got most of the elements. It has the enemies respawn at uh, when you hit a checkpoint or a bonfire, or in this case, a meditation point. Uh, The game is fairly punishing as far as skill and technique goes.
1: It really is, surprisingly, for a Star Wars game. And I wonder if they're going to use the gameplay mechanics from that in future Star Wars games. I imagine they will, which... Is a rarity for EA like having something that is going to translate to some to other potential Star Wars properties that will help those prosper. Considering we know EA is very popular for just being hash or just you know, they they release the same thing over and over again. It's like Madden, they never updated and everything. I haven't played Madden in three or four years, but everyone knows like EA just never updates the game properly.
0: And I I read some some fairly convincing articles and saw some YouTubers making the argument. And I agree. I think EA wanted the game to fail. I think. If you look at the time when Fallen Order came out. We see that was right after the Battlefront 2 fiasco. Yeah. And their live service games uh, that are, I don't remember which FIFA game it was at the time, but that FIFA game drew a lot of uh, notoriety or criticism for its uh, player passes and a lot of pay to win BS. Mm. Uh And it seemed like EA was leaning harder than ever into that type of online service. Fallen Order didn't have any of that.
1: It didn't. It was just a straightforward single-player game. No DLC. It was a very polished game. Now, to be fair, Battlefront 2, it took about probably a year or two, really, before I think the gaming community was very... They they welcomed it with open arms. Mm -hmm. There was a a re-interest in the game. And I have I mean, I still see where people play it religiously.
0: Yeah, but what I was hearing, and I, I don't have any sources for this right now. I'm sure I could dig some up.
1: I have but no it, sources. Let me just point, put this out there. Sean has very little sources other than a handful of ones connected to the movie business. Well, That's it, but continue.
0: I, I'm an English teacher. I gotta, I gotta cite my sources. But uh, my understanding was that Disney stepped in and basically said, if if you tank this game, we're going to start leveraging to get the video game rights to Star Wars back from you
1: Well, it's, or by you. Well, it's interesting because Disney, the one area that they have not really ventured into or stepped in, and it seems to be part of the future in terms of if you have a, if a multi-billion dollar company is gaming itself. They have kind of been they they haven't fully committed and yet they haven't dismissed the idea of games but the, you would think disney of all companies would be like head first into it because of how big video games are nowadays i mean this is a i mean this is a different thing but like a different still look at like warner brothers and everything with the new harry potter game it's probably going to be the best selling game of the year that's not a Call of Duty game. I didn't play it, but I, I believe you. It's 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 fun for what it is. But I'm a, anyway, I'm
0: on that on that uh, no to JK train. I, but I respect that. everybody do their own thing. But I, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of gameplay from it. It doesn't it, it felt like a 10 year old RPG to me just looking at it. But like you said, to each their own. Yeah. Um. But I will say I felt like with Fallen order mm-hmm. i think ea wanted that game to tank so they could say look our fans don't want single player games they want live multiplayer experiences and i consider it one of the greater up there with getting the sonic movie remade one of the best occurrences of the fans of a franchise shutting down the corporate like Mission and getting what they wanted.
1: I, it, it's fascinating right now with video games because the conversation or the popularity has very much steered towards um Battle Royale esque, which is kind of dying off a little bit, but you also have these games that are free to play, there's a lot of free to play stuff out there. Um, and kind of the big signaler of that was when Call of Duty made a free to play element to their um to their library, which was a, a genius idea. Now looking back on it, um, even though they copied Fortnite, is this where we plug our Rage Shadow Legends sponsorship? Shoot, we might. Okay. But um, uh, but for games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and other single player games like The Last of Us, um, both Part One and Two in other single player games, there is still that hunger. For single single-player games, and I always love and appreciate that. And for a game like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, it wouldn't surprise me that they want to see this sell because they want to go headfirst into this multiplayer aspect, this pay-to-play, this live service of where you can buy every little cosmetic and everything with it and get money off that. But no, this game has um, it's sold over 10 million copies. Um, Do you have the page pulled up right now? In 2020 or by March 31st 2020 which the game came out in November of 2019. So that's pretty incredible and then it was reported here that oh, I'm looking this up right now that they had or by June of 2021, so over a year after that, and almost 2 years since the game launched, the game has attracted more than 20 million players. So clearly there has been a a hunger for especially a single-player game in the Star Wars universe. And th- there's a lot to really like about Fallen Order and how it's attracted people and the, the word of mouth, the characters. I mean, we can talk about this with being the main protagonist. And then, in my opinion, arguably a top three droid and just Star Wars canon in general, BD-1. I mean, come on, BD-1.
0: Well, right under Chopper from Rebels, in my opinion.
1: Maybe, but BD one, man, what what a what a great droid. Yeah. And Cal
0: is up there for characters for me. I think Cal was a great new lead character that had nothing to do with the Skywalkers. Thank God. And I love him for it.
1: Like the thing I and we I, I talked to this about Star Wars, but Star Wars is most interesting now. It has been for the past few years when it's not focused on someone. Related to the Skywalkers. Or a story related to the Skywalker saga. It, it just we, We've seen nine episodes of this. We've seen Skywalker connected throughout Star Wars lore. We've seen it in the Mandalorian. Um, but the stuff that's outside the... I mean, there's more to Star Wars than just the Skywalkers. And the connectivity to it. Yeah. And Cal is a great example of that.
0: I should note, as of recording, we are one week out from the release of Survivor before rolling i'll make that my little free action to talk about what i think of the game when it does come out yeah but uh some of the notable changes i've seen uh of course with uh the previous game uh it was story centric uh it had a very dark souls Soulsborn esque play style with some cosmetic changes that seem to be that they're going to be ramped up extensively for survivor And also, we're going to get some new saber styles and some more fighting forms in Survivor. Uh, With Fallen Order, we had what? We had single saber, uh, double blade, and then you had two saber fighting as like a finishing move. It wasn't like you could rock dual wielding sabers just static. It was like a move. So you had two saber forms and then like a bonus move that you could do where you detached the the dual
1: blade and i think you only had what like a handful of colors
0: yeah i think you had three or four there was blue green yellow red orange purple and i think you could get like that dark saber black maybe uh i'll have to look that up later But definitely more uh, customization, more of Cal's outfits. You can customize BD1's parts. Uh, Cal has a beard now because he's a grown up. Uh, But we also have two more saber forms, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, We have that Kylo Ren, uh, like Claymore looking saber, which I think is called Crossguard style, Mm -hmm. which uh, watching the trailer looks like it will like, the fighting style would be based on like European medieval combat, uh, like wielding a claymore, like very heavy, very slow combat. And then dual wielding will be a full style. And we also have saber and blaster, which I wish this blaster was built into the saber for the Ezra, uh, throwback to star Wars rebels, but even just having a blaster, is so un-Jedi-like and I think really says something about what the tone of this game is going to be. This is going to be, I am predicting, again, we're a week out from the game's release and we haven't seen a whole lot of story. We've seen that Sears' head is shaved now, I believe, and seems to be sort of down in the dumps. Like Everything I've seen of her uh, Sears' character in the trailers, her head is down and she looks uh, maybe not in the best place cal has the thick beard in the trailers and generally Mm. isn't talking super positively i think the game's going to have a very dark tone and cal wielding a blaster something the jedi don't typically do i think we're going to see cal really struggling with what it means to be a jedi in the time when jedis are just jedi are just trying to survive
1: I think, and I, I think that's a good thing to show the complications of trying to be a Jedi and be a force for good in the Republic. Um, I'm, I'm going to be very fascinated to see what direction they go with this. Um, hopefully there's not too much interconnectivity. Because uh, we saw, you know, I mean, this is no spoiler. It's been out there for a while. But, you know, uh, Vader was in Fallen Order. I'll be curious to see if they bring in uh, anyone else into the mix here.
0: I'll tell you, I, I think I know who the survivor is going to be. And I was talking with our friend Joe about this, Jada, on Twitter. Uh, and we, I, I think we are mostly in agreement. We think that the Jedi referred to as the Jedi survivor, the one we see in that tank, is going to be the Jedi from Clone Wars that uh, had the yellow face markings that was in that like, buddy cop double episode with Obi-Wan. I'm trying to remember his name right now. Uh, and the reason being that in the Obi-Wan show, they specifically call him out as being uh, alive. Quinlan Voss, that's who I'm thinking of. Uh, this guy, who was in Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, He's specifically referenced in uh, the Obi-Wan uh, miniseries as being alive, his whole thing as a Jedi in Clone Wars is that he doesn't go to the temple. He doesn't associate with the order on a regular hmm. basis. He's sort of a fringe character. He, he sort of lives away from everyone else and fills this role of a, a, a Jedi seeker, uh, sort of a, a just an outsider for the Jedi order, which would make a lot of sense as to why he's alive. He also doesn't always go in with the Jedi's Jedi's typical uh, morality and could have an interesting uh, influence on uh, young Cal Kestis. According to the Star Wars wiki, he trained under Darth Tyrannus and Asajj Ventress.
1: As far as uh, Jedi survivor, I think the expectations are high and rightfully so because of how surprisingly good. Uh, Fallen Order was, but um, th- and they've pushed it back a couple of times, and I think for the right reason. I don't think it's for anything of, to be concerned for. I just think they want to make sure they're releasing a complete and polished game. I'm cool with them put, putting it off if it yeah. To get a better game. And that that can go the same for most video games in general nowadays. Like, don't release an unfinished version of game because we've seen too many in recent years that have come out and they're clearly not finished. They're just trying to meet uh, X deadlines for, for shareholders for these companies. So um, them pushing it back is a good thing. I think it shows confidence that they're going to get to the finish line and release the thing. But um, all signs point to this being pretty um, being a pretty good game. Everything I've seen footage-wise looks very promising. I can't wait to dive into it at some point this year. But I will be interested in what you think of this, Casey. Cal. And the actor that portrays him in this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When are they going to put him in a TV series or a film?
0: Oh, I think. So this is more of a hope than a, than a prediction. Okay. I think there's a lot of dialogue that would be really great to have between Cal and Ahsoka. They've both had similar traject- trajectories mm-hmm. of dealing with their identity as Jedi and having to do things they're not proud of to survive. We know they're alive at the same point in time. I would love for Ahsoka to make a brief cameo in this game
1: mm-hmm.
0: and similarly for Cal to make an appearance in the Ahsoka series.
1: That That's what I'm thinking is happening because this game comes out here next week. The Ahsoka series is scheduled to stream in August. I think it gives enough time for people to play the game and to maybe see that possible encounter. I, I think you're on the right path in terms of that hope you want there. I, I, I've seen enough chatter about from people. It, it just It just makes too much sense right now given how popular... The game is. At least the first one is. And probably how good the second one will be. It just makes too much sense in the world. And you know what? If you introduce him in Ahsoka and someone has never played the games, guess what? You're going to make a few more dollars off that because now people are going to be like, I need to go and play those games. I've never seen this yeah. character before. So. Has Cameron Monahan
0: done any live action acting? I want to say he
1: has...
0: Let's look him up real quick. Cal, Yes, uh, he has. Cameron Monaghan. Oh, he looks really familiar to me. What's he been? Yes,
1: he was in Gotham. He was in the Gotham Fox um, released. Um, I didn't watch the that, Batman prequel. He played the Joker. It. Oh, well, the not Joker Yeah, Joker, the not, right? yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. It served as an origin for the Joker. Even. So,
0: so he can act live action. He's mm-hmm. done it. He knows what he's doing. He voiced Superboy in Reign of the Supermen too. He's got some. He's got a lot of chops with
1: DC properties. He's been, he's been. He has been in a lot of television.
0: Oh damn! He was in a, a short-lived series that I enjoyed, Son of Zorn. Okay. Do you remember that show? Mm-hmm. It was very brief, but he played the son. Okay.
1: Yeah, so he's had a. I, I it, it just makes too much sense. I, I think one day he will be in it. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got a bright
0: future. He does in acting.
1: I mean, he does. He's 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 only thirty years old. He's just a year younger than yeah, me. Yeah, just so.
0: looking at uh, looking at his his current resume and where he's headed. Oh, he did six episodes of Malcolm in the Middle as a kid. Yeah. Did some additional voicing on Avatar The Last Airbender. Was in Click. Uh, So he did some small roles in some decent sized movies.
1: Moving up to doing a lot of voice acting. I mean, he was traffic cop number one in the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause.
0: (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, he He was a lead in Shameless.
1: Okay. I've I've never seen Shameless entirely, but I've heard a lot of people Me neither,
0: but I know like it's a, like a popular show. Ran for what ten years?
1: That would be the big thing probably then is shameless. Yeah. So but so we we've talked about the game, the release coming out a week from day as we're recording this. And then we've kind of shifted that to talk about the actor that plays Cal, Cameron Monahan. Mm-hmm. So now part of this discussion goes toward the announcement of the three the Star Wars movies yeah. that were announced at the recent Star Wars celebrations over in London, was it? I believe so.
0: Real quick, just to say one more thing, knowing that Cameron Monaghan has so much live-action experience, I'm more convinced than ever that they cast him for that reason, that he has experience both in voice and live-action. They, they, they. I feel like knowing that, I would believe they've been planning to bring him to be both digital and live action Cal Kestis from the very beginning. They picked someone who knows how to do both.
1: Yeah. And I I think it's going to pay off big time. I think once they introduce him in film or television, it's going to pay dividends.
0: Get you a boy that can do both. Right.
1: (laughs) But yeah, these new movies. uh, So we've got three of them that were announced. So there is the, um, there's the Daisy Ridley one, where, well, the one where she's coming back to play um, Ray Ugh. Skywalker. Uh, I will never get over I'm, that ending. I'm,
0: I'm not with you on this one. I'm all for it.
1: Oh man, it, it's it's so cornball. You should have heard the audience reaction at the end, the uh, the loud groan from people in a near sold out showing. But anyway, Daisy Ridley um, movie though purse. Um, She is going to be training, I guess, younglings to be Jedi's.
0: Well, what I'm hoping for is we can finally get justice for John Boyega's character, Finn. Yeah. Give the man his lightsaber. We got a taste in Lego Star Wars Christmas special. He and we deserve Jedi Master
1: Finn. And then, so we've got the Daisy Ridley movie. We've also got James Mangold's movie, who James Mangold has directed Walk the Line, Logan. He's got his movie, which is apparently supposed to take hundreds or thousands of years before the events. Of episode one, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be an origin of sorts. It's supposed to be about the
0: first Jedi, which it's going to be. Int- well, let's get into the details after we intro yeah. all three. Sorry,
1: and then we have Dave Filoni's movie that will supposedly connect all the Disney Plus Star Wars shows. It's a culmination. I'm excited. Which that includes the Mandalorian. That also includes the Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka. So. Those are the three movies that they announced. So, um, Casey, since you're you're the big Star Wars guy on this podcast, what, what are your thoughts on these three announced Star Wars movies?
0: Um, so, I, I'm generally not as critical of Star Wars as most. I liked the sequel trilogy. I even liked Rise of Skywalker. Sorry to those who didn't like it. <sighs> uh, I'm not saying it was a perfect movie. And I am saying that it should have been Rian Johnson's trilogy, all the way through uh sorry not sorry uh but the change in directors was the issue with that movie you had someone come in and build a story and then someone return for a third movie and say sorry no there was no yes and Mm -hmm. they broke every rule of of yes and in building like a story is multiple people it was just not collaborative and that was the issue um And no, I have no problems with, with Ray taking the Skywalker name. Um, and I like the idea of a chosen name. Uh, I I recently saw, there's been a lot of Twitter talk and TikTok talk of, no, her name's Ray Palpatine. And I really don't want to get in the business of telling someone when they decide what their identity is that, no, you have to be, uh, this identity you were assigned. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's some, some symbolic, uh, elements to that that i'm I'm just not going to play if ray does not want to be ray palpatine ray's father was a clone who had no uh uh interaction with his uh dna source that's not actually his father uh and i would say in a way the whole like ray's parents should have been nobodies they weren't it was someone who who ran away and renounced the ties to emperor palpatine to darth sidious so no i'm all for it um and i like the symbology of it i might have gone a different way if i was writing the movie but that's fine um but i'm excited to see more of ray i think daisy ridley's a fantastic actress and i think having ray sort of free of the skywalker Story of Palpatine. Hopefully, hopefully we are finally free of Palpatine. I think it's time to retire that villain.
1: Thanks, J.J. Abrams.
0: Yeah. Uh, Having Rey have a chance to be free from that and build a new, better Jedi order. The thing that, frankly, we should have gotten with Luke anyways. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see more Jedi. I'm excited to see... Uh, the changes to the Jedi Order that occur, I would almost prefer it as a series in a lot of ways. Uh, but I think it's going to be good. I can't wait to see more Poe Dameron, uh, assuming he's in it. I hope he is. But yeah, so that's sort of on the Daisy Ridley movie. Uh, but the thing I'm most excited for is the Dave Filoni movie. Uh, Dave Filoni's been at the helm along with John Favreau for quite some time now. And has shown more love for the property than basically anyone that's been involved. I think the television Disney Plus element of Star Wars has been the best part of Star Wars for a good long while now. The people that are there care a lot. It's a real shame that the actress who played um, Cara Dune... Went the way she did. Yeah. uh, Because I would have loved to see Star Wars Rangers. uh, But it is what it is. And uh, good riddance. But uh, and I know a lot of that footage got scrapped into this current season of Mando. Mm -hmm. Which I'm an episode behind on still. I need to finish the finale. Um, But combining all that with Rebels, which I think is the best piece of Star Wars content, period, uh, to tie all that back together, I think is going to be incredible.
1: And then the last one you got is the, the James Mangold directed movie.
0: This is the one I know the least about. Um, I'm going to tell you something that you're going to be ashamed of me for. Okay.
1: I'm all for it.
0: I haven't seen Logan.
1: Oh, boy. That's probably the best comic book movie to come out since its release. I know. I've
0: been meaning to see it and just have not gotten around to it.
1: You need to see the um, the black and chrome edition. I love it, I'll check or it out. Or no, black and white edition. Black and chrome, I'm thinking of Mad Max Fury Road. But uh, the black and white edition, or you can watch it in its original format and color and all that, and then watch them black and white. Because the black and white one is not just a, it's just not like a black and white filter on it. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: I'm, I do want to see it. I know it's good, um, but knowing where that's going, and knowing that they have said that this movie will be uh, about the first Jedi, this is going to be a very defining moment of how much legends are we going to bring bring back into the canon. Uh, and I'm not going to get into a whole like history of the Jedi according to old lore, Star Wars. Mm. But uh, this movie has a lot of potential to be something very different. Uh, I know Mangold has said... That he considers the movie to be a biblical epic like the Ten Commandments. I assume referencing Charlton Heston's film. Yeah. Which makes me think of as a lover of Lord of the Rings and someone who studied Tolkien a lot in school. Uh, I'm hoping for sort of a Lord uh, Star Wars Silmarillion of sorts. And I'm I'm very excited for the potential of that film. It could also go very badly. Yeah. But it could also be incredible.
1: You're a lot more hopeful on <laughs> these three Star Wars movies than I am. That's Rebellions
0: sure. are built on hope, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh
1: I mean, I'm gonna
0: watch them all. I'm I'm most likely going to like them. Uh, You know, I think Star Wars is one of those that I'm happy to sort of turn my brain off and just enjoy the ride. It's pulp like Star Wars. As much as I just mentioned Tolkien, it's not Tolkien. It's it's a samurai flick. It's it's a noir film when you get into this, the solo stuff. It's an exploration of genre. In a way that asks for a higher level of suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. and just asks you to have some fun
1: for me when i look at these three films being announced i will be surprised if more than one gets made right now oh you think so because the the one film that feels like a guarantee at this point and the only reason why it's a guarantee is because of the foundation that's been laid is Dave Filoni's movie that connects all the Disney Plus shows. That feels like a no-brainer.
0: No, that movie's gonna happen.
1: It it feels like a no-brainer. That one, I would think, would be the next one, that the next Star Wars movie we see on screen. Though, we'll we'll see. But the other two movies, I, I very much question if we'll ever see, if those will see the light of day. James Mangold, one of the best directors working out there, We've talked about Walk the Line. He directed that. He also directed Logan. He's also got the new Indiana Jones movie coming out here in a couple months, uh, The Dial of Destiny. I have uh, so
0: little hope for that movie.
1: I am not big on it, but the fact that James Mang, Steven Spielberg gave the franchise over to James Mangold gives me some hope. Crystal that. Skull was just so bad. But Steven Spielberg made a movie, but James Mangold is a great director but where I see issue with is they've tried work with James Mangold before, and they were supposed to do the Boba Fett movie. That didn't happen. But, you know, things happen. Things come up. Things get pushed. Things change. We saw what happened with Boba Fett. They made it into a, a series. And James Mangold, after he gets done with Indiana Jones, even though he says he is committed to this, he also has a Bob Dylan movie coming out that... Uh, that the cameras have not rolled yet. He is also attached to do the Swamp Thing movie for Warner Brothers in D.C.
0: That's a busy schedule.
1: Yeah, so if this movie is going to happen, either the Bob Dylan thing is for sure happening. That's his next thing coming up after he finishes doing press for Indiana Jones. Either Swamp Thing is going to the wayside for a while, and then he'll jump into Star Wars, or it's going to be Swamp Things first, which... When James Gunn did his big DC presser announcing all these movies and shows that are going to be in part one of the DC reboot, this was a movie that was in it. But then again, we don't know how far along it is, how far away the movie is. So right now, I I see this as James Mangold is a very busy man. And until his schedule clears up, I don't see this happening anytime soon.
0: I will say, if you get two calls and one is from... WBDC, and one is from Disney Star Wars. You take the Disney call.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. To counter that, look at the stuff that has been shelved in recent years. They got Patty Jenkins, who made the Wonder Woman movies, to do the Rogue Squadron movie. Sounds like a great a great combination there. Mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins, Rogue Squadron. Movie gets shelved. Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy shelved. Great director. Taika Waititi's movie. They haven't shelved it, but they but the talk Batman. is is that Warner Brothers, he is focused on doing Warner Brothers adaptation of Akira next. but like these movies that were announced until I see cameras rolling in that, I'll believe it when I see it. It's it and then, They said that that this was just a report and it wasn't a fully fleshed thing, but Kevin Feige, the head of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, had a Star Wars movie. It sounded like it was more than an idea, but Mm -hmm. the traction on that was strong. So there seemed to be something there. It just wasn't fluff for clicks. Like there was some legitimacy to the reporting on that. So I look at, James Mangold, and if he has this opportunity between Warner Brothers, and then he has Disney on this, Disney's track in recent years of just shelving projects. But then again, DC is starting off a clean slate. James Gunn has clearly targeted filmmakers. Uh, which that number? Have taste. Which
0: number clean slate is this though?
1: It's gonna be two. Yeah, two. Just say that. This yeah. is post Zack Snyder though, but. But the Good one riddance, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. But the one film I just cannot see being made. And like, like, like the James Mangold movie and the Taika Waititi movie, and Toshi Cameras are all, I'll believe it when I see that. The Daisy Ridley movie, I think two things. One, the way episode nine crashed and burned after release the taste out of viewers' mouths or general audiences is part of a reason why we haven't seen a Star Wars movie in so long because it just crashed and burned. It wasn't well-received, even for the general public, not just Star Wars fandom, but people outside that. It was not well-received, and I think that has, in part, dampened the quality of the Skywalker saga and Star Wars as a whole. So, do they... Do, we, do I really see a character that was part of the most recent trilogy that crashed and burned at the end, getting their own movie? Which, if it does happen, I, I will be surprised if it does just because of how negative things were after the release of episode nine. But the second thing is, I will say this. If they go forward with this movie, I could almost guarantee you Daisy Ridley's character will not be the main character in it. They will make it to where it'll be a youngling who they will try and make into a potential new trilogy post Skywalker saga.
0: So you think this will be Daisy's last movie and it'll be like a transitionary?
1: I don't know if it'll be a transitionary one, but I think this Daisy Ridley starring Star Wars movie, if it ever does happen, which out of these three, I think it's the least likely given the dissatisfaction of episode nine. I think she will be a supporting character in it. I
0: I get the, the episode nine. Sure. But just to note, for Daisy Ridley's credit, uh, if you look at, it, and I know this isn't the end all be all, but if you we look at Rotten Tomato scores, uh, Last Jedi are uh, uh, Last Jedi and Force Awakens both rank in the top four for Star Wars mm-hmm. movie ratings. They're great so movies. She has traction, mm-hmm. and it would be a shame to see her go based on bad direction.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it's it, it's a weird combination because when. The Last Jedi came out, critically well-received, but from general audience of fans, kind of mixed. And then I think most people in Rise of Skywalker, it was very lukewarm in terms of the reception, both critically and fan-wise. I just, I I, I have a, the thing most people, and when you get outside, uh, film Twitter makes up maybe 1% of the movie-going audience. But the thing about the general audiences is is they might not see as many movies as your regular movie goer does from film Twitter that might go see over 100 a year. But the thing about general audiences is they never forget what they see. And a good example of this is that you came out with the first Suicide Squad movie that starred Will Smith. Did fairly big numbers, but poorly received. And then they come out with a sequel years later called The Suicide Squad with James Gunn directing.
0: Much better movie.
1: Yes. Agreed. Without Will Smith, audiences do not forget. They do not forget the lore in the previous entries and to franchise any franchise or IP that they had seen. So I just cannot see marketing a movie with a character from the most recent trilogy, where that movie crashed and bur- the final one crashed and burned, and people being like, "You know that that would be a really good movie." I just the gen- everyone forgets to include the general audience, and that is who makes these studios money for these movies.
0: I don't disagree with you. It's just a shame. It As is. I'll say again. The problems with that movie do not lie on any of the actors; Mm-mm. it lies in production, direction, and writing.
1: It was uh, the movie was essentially fan service. Yeah, it, was, actors, it was it was it was a retcon to the fan dissatisfaction with the Last Jedi.
0: I don't even think it was fan service. I think it was, frankly, a director who was upset at the direction another director took with the previous film. But I think he's a visual director. I don't think his writing is as good as people want to think it is. Or his, his, uh, his like, I mean, he's not doing the writing for the films, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. He, he, he is good at creating a visual story, mm. but he's not good at building characters and he's not good at directing dialogue. And he gets so, he gets so wrapped up in the visuals.
1: I love the that he
0: can't he doesn't pull the performances out of the actors that he should be.
1: He's he's a good artist and a bad coach. We've talked enough about um, the upcoming the next upcoming Star Wars video game. We've talked about the three movies that were announced at the recent Star Wars celebration. I think it's been a it's been a pretty good second episode here.
0: Yeah. Well, let's end on Sean. Favorite Star Wars movie.
1: Hmm. Favorite Star Wars movie probably Empire Strikes Back. It's a good one. What about you?
0: If I'm going classic trilogy, I will agree Empire Strikes Back. If I'm going overall though, Rogue One. I, you're exactly right.
1: <laughs> Rogue I, One is really good. I think good. Rogue
0: One was an excellent refresher, and it felt like a war movie.
1: I I I think favorite overall Empire Strikes Back, probably. Post-old trilogy, I would say, is probably The Last Jedi.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to go original trilogy, Empire, post-Rogue post, post Rogue One, for sure.
1: I like it. Very cool.
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Casey, the adjunct GM. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter under that name.
1: My name is Sean James. You can find me on Twitter at Sean J 8 um, Roll for Refinement is part of the SoBros Network. Uh, You can find all their content at SoBros on their social handles at SoBros Network on Twitter. You can also go to their website at SoBrosNetwork.com. Be sure to listen not just to this podcast, but to listen to all their other podcasts that they have. They have SoBros Power Hour. They have Drinking With. They have VixFlix. They have the Unofficial Titans pod. And you can find all these podcasts like the one you're listening to right now on any podcast platform where you can stream podcasts.
0: So check it out.